Hello, it's Ken at the National Association of Black and White Men together. I'm back with a topic on voter suppression, which is a poll tax paid in time in the state of Georgia. Georgia voters have defied efforts to suppress them. On Tuesday afternoon, they waited over an hour and a half to vote in Atlanta in the Georgia Senate runoff between Democrat Ralph Warnock and Republican Herschel Walker. The wait times to vote are a scandal, but voter suppression is one of the surest cures for apathy. Nothing makes you value a thing like something that someone is trying to steal it from you. The line and all of the people patiently waiting it is a symbol of resilience and perseverance. It's a reminder that people will work hard to overcome obstacles to accomplish things they deem essential. Waiting in line is such a feature in Georgia voting that some counties even publish their waiting times online so the voters can plan their arrivals to have the shortest wait time. This wait would have been impossible for someone struggling with childcare or elder care or someone whose job or jobs wouldn't allow for that longer break in the middle of the day. And as usual, these weights can disproportionately affect non-white voters. According to a report by Georgia Public Broadcasting and ProPublica before Election Day in 2020, a shrinking number of polling places have primarily caused long lines in non-white neighborhoods where voter registration has surged and more residents cast ballot in person on Election Day. For example, nine metro Atlanta counties have nearly half the state's active voters, but only 38% of the polling places. But those voters would not be deterred. During the general election, voters set a record for the number of early votes cast in a Georgia midterm election. On Monday and Tuesday, they set records for single day early voting in the Georgia runoff. It's interesting to note that an estimated 35% of early votes so far are from African Americans, a slightly greater figure than their percentage of the population of Georgia. Those voters were the ones targeted by Georgia's latest round of voter suppression with uncanny, uncanny accuracy, as the Brennan Center for Justice's President Michael Walden put it last year. Walden wrote that Brian Kemp, the governor, signed his voter suppression bill in front of a painting of a plantation where more than 100 black people have been enslaved. The symbolism, unnerving and ghastly, is almost too fitting. Voters are responding with defiance to the efforts to suppress their votes. And yet, that defiance may still not be enough to overcome all of the obstacles placed in voters' ways. While those record daily numbers are heartening, they are a part of a result of a new Republican election law that cut the number of early voting days roughly in half. Even with the extraordinary turnout, it's unlikely this year's early voting will match that of last year's runoff between Warnock and Kelly Loeffler. In addition, Republicans have fielded a singularly 
offensive candidate in Walker, a man not fit for elective office, a walking caricature of black competence and excellence, as if black candidates are interchangeable, uh, irrespective of, of accomplishments and proficiency. I have discussed for the efforts to suppress the vote in all states, but I admire the voters' determination not to be uh, suppressed. Democracy is being saved by people climbing a hill that should never have been put in front of them. We can only hope that the policies of Warnock, which are aligned to the mission statement of NABWMT, are instrumental in the Georgia election. And if that's the case, we can celebrate the win at our national convention next year in Atlanta. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you doing so.